asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're answering your listener questions. You know what, buddy? This is our Listener Question Monday episode, where every other Monday we answer listener questions that folks send our way via voice memo. W- would you like it if we were talking to people live? If, oh, that'd be uh, fun. If it was old school radio yeah. and we're taking calls and we're like, all right, Tommy and Sandy, we see you on the line. <laughs> You've done that before. I right? have done that before. Keep hanging on the line for us and we'll get back to you here right after this break. <laughs> no, I, I think it'd be a lot of fun if we actually, every, when we do get to engage with listeners, like we, we just talked about on Friday, how we went to FinCon and a bunch of nerdy financial, personal finance folks there. And uh, actually, when we landed at the airport, we ran into a listener. Gosh, I'm trying to remember what his name was. Oh, it was such a quick, uh, quick hang uh, for 12 seconds. Took a quick picture. Literally, but, as we're hopping into our Uber. <laughs> yes, I know. I wish we had gotten more time, but literally, our, our Uber was pulling up. But it's it's one of those things where those interactions like Super energize fun. me. And so, if we got to do them, even just digitally or over the phone, I'd be down. You just want to be a celebrity. You just want you, you want no. you want your face plastered on. Uh, Trust me, milk cartons. No, that's not what I'm into. Yeah, you, but, don't, you don't want to get abducted. But I'd like that's when, that's when your face is on the milk carton. But when when you hear from hear from <laughs> listeners uh, via email, or no, when we yep. get to it's the best. hear their voices or get to see them in person, like that is more exciting to me than having my face on a billboard. <laughs> Absolutely, no, I, I completely agree. Especially hearing from listeners who have made changes to their lives, and so we don't 
always get around to responding to every single email that comes our way. We, I would say we get back to like, I don't know, maybe Not, like 95 plus 90, percent. Yeah, 95, 98% of them. But those... So now the people who don't get responded <laughs> to are like, what's wrong with me? Oh, man, I guess... Sometimes I feel, they just I feel slip bad through the even having put any numbers out Sometimes there. we slip through the cracks. Sometimes it, it we've just, got some busy days. Yeah, it doesn't right. mean we don't love you. Anyway, I don't know how we got on to, to talking about that, but we've got five awesome listener questions we are going to get to. Uh, we have a listener who is considering a creative way to lower her mortgage payment. We're going to get to that one. Another listener, he's got a solar panel dilemma that he's facing, uh, as well as somebody else who's considering forfeiting some eye bond interest. We'll get to those three, plus a couple others right after this. I like it. All right. One well, thing... It made it sound like we're about to take a break. But <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I wanted, to, I wanted to mention real quick that I just started reading, Matt, uh, The Brothers Karamazov. And it is oh, a... I've never read it. it it's Wait a minute. That's, that's supposedly Russian. the best novel of all time. That's a Russian book. I can't, you're like a turncoat over here. Please. You can't be reading Russian literature. No, the the, <laughs> the Russian authors are still they're some of the best, especially the, the from from that era. You're about to get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> no, everybody, like almost everybody, like if you if you if you like looked up a, a list of best books of all time, this book would be on there. Yeah. But I've always been reticent to tackle it because it's like it's, a thousand pages. Yeah, it's a beast, isn't it? It's super thick, and so I'm like, mm, I'm more like the three hundred page book kind of guy, <laughs> and but I realized. I just have to finally read this book because if it really is one of the best books ever written, I can't let the fact that it's humongous get in my way and prevent me from reading a masterpiece. Sure. And so I decided like, okay, how do I do this? I'm going to do it one bite at a time, one chapter at a time. I'm going to get into So I'm trying to read one chapter a day. That's my goal. And it might take me like four or five, six months to read this book. Yeah. How long? How many chapters are there? So there, I don't know exactly how many chapters there are, but there's like, uh, if you're doing a chapter a day, 10, it 10 page chapters you, and it's about a thousand pages. Six months. So, okay. So probably like three and a half months let's okay. say right it is is it likely likely how long it'll take me i feel like it's taking me that long so i so you're reading a long book i'm in the middle of uh warren buffett's autobiography not autobiography i think it's the only biography that was officially approved by by warren buffett uh-huh. but it's something like that i think it's, it's over 800 pages and it's taken me <laughs> a long time, time to get through this thing it is yeah. a beast but also really interesting so wait how, how far into yours are you so i'm like 150 pages so i'm 15 percent okay. of the way through enjoying it so far enjoying it so far learning anything uh yeah, for sure. It's yeah. just, it's really well written. I'm so glad I'm, in, I'm reading it. And I think one of the most popular sub stacks out there is people who are literally reading Frankenstein, like a few pages at a time or something like that. I, like they just I get it in their this. inbox every day. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, little, that's so little, cool. Little snippets every single day. Yeah. And I, like, that's how, that's how you can get the job done. And I think the same thing can be true sometimes if you're maybe have a lot of financial hurdles, obstacles in your way, you feel like you're making progress slower than you want to, uh, take that one bite at a time approach. Like you can't do it all in one day. You can't do it all in one fell swoop. It takes time to get your to get your money together. Just like it takes time to read a freaking thousand page book. So um, hopefully that is encouraging to How to Money listeners out there. And I will report back when I finish this book in three months time. Check back in around Christmas. Perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice, man. All right, let's introduce the beer that we are going to enjoy during this episode. This is a German chocolate cake, another beer that's a part of the Guilty Pleasures series over at Wicked Weed. I'm looking forward to enjoying this one. We'll share our thoughts at the end of the episode. All right, let's get to our first question up. And by the way, if you have a question for us, you can submit yours at howtomoney.com slash ask. Super simple directions there. And we'd love to hear your lovely voice on uh, the next Ask HTM episode. But this one comes from a listener, Matt, who wants to know about recasting a mortgage, which isn't something we've talked about very much. Hi, Matt and Joel. This is Rachel from Minneapolis. 
My husband and I are currently in Money Gear 7 and recently purchased our second home where we hope to be for at least the next 10 years at a purchase price of $480,000 with a 30-year mortgage at 4.99% interest and 10% down. Once the sale of our first home is complete, in a couple of weeks, we will walk away with enough equity to pay down the mortgage past 20% so that we only carry PMI for one month and also refill some savings buckets we use to buy the new home. Once we pay down the new mortgage, we have the chance to recast the loan since it'll be within the first 60 days. This means they would keep our interest rate the same but adjust our monthly payments to be based on the new loan value of around 384k over 30 years versus the original 430k over 30 years. Our monthly payments would go down about $400. Our question is this, is it better to recast the mortgage so that we have a lower monthly payment or would it be better to leave it as is and just appreciate that paying down the mortgage a big chunk right away means paying off the mortgage sooner than 30 years? As a side note, we have a friend who rents one of our spare bedrooms currently. He is moving with us and renting the basement of the new place, so he'll be paying part of that mortgage. When he moves out someday, the new basement will be used as an Airbnb and a guest space. Thanks, guys. If you're ever in Minneapolis, let us know and we'll take you to our favorites of the 30 plus craft breweries. Uh, 30 plus craft breweries. <laughs> I had no idea there were that many breweries up there in Minnesota. Is it, did she say Minnesota? In Minneapolis. Mini- or Minneapolis? Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's yeah, a lot of breweries. That's for, a lot. I guess Minneapolis, is, it's bigger than I think. It's it's a decent, well, it's got the Minneapolis-St. Paul combo. Right, that's true. Uh, it's like a dual city. I have never been there. So, so maybe neither. we will visit there one of these days. But Rachel, thanks so much for your question. And you mentioned too that you are in Money Gear number seven which I wanted to highlight because that means you have a ton of flexibility. uh, And that also means that you have worked really hard to to get where you are currently. By by the way, if you don't know about the money gears, it's basically our financial order of operations. Mm -hmm. You can find those at howtomoney.com. If you click the start here button, you can kind of see, follow along and figure out which money gear you're in. That's right. Yeah. And also, Rachel, she didn't say this in her voice memo, but in her email, she told us that she actually recently quit her job as a civil engineer in order to work part time at a local coffee shop and to launch her own Etsy business. So we know that she has been working really hard uh, and now she's kind of on more of that coast slash barista fire path. Yeah, I, I love that because we know that civil engineers make more money than baristas just just almost all the time, right? Yeah, across the board, yeah. I can pretty much guarantee that that's the case. <laughs> but to be able to do well enough with your money to where you can make that decision consciously and say, I just like working in the coffee shop more than I like this other job. I, I think that's so cool. And that's the kind of power you have that you achieve as you handle your finances as well, like Rachel has. And it sounds like too, Matt, that, that Rachel, that she's letting her financial choices be determined by an informed why. We talk about that a lot, but it's crucial in order to ensure that your money gets funneled into the most helpful places for you personally. So let's talk about mortgage recasting here, Matt, because it, it's, it's, like I said, it's not something we've talked about a lot, but there are some real perks for at least some folks to doing a, a mortgage recast. And it's very different than a refinance, which is typically the thing you hear about. But the thing about refinancing is that it's expensive. As everyone knows, it's going to cost you thousands of dollars to to refinance your mortgage. And doing a refinance is a major pain. You got to provide all of your information, your pay stubs, your tax documentation. Like there's just, there's a lot of paperwork involved in doing a refinance. You got to get approved for a giant loan again. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And in addition to that, doing a refinance right now, it doesn't make much sense because rates have gone up. Uh, You don't want to go from a three and a half percent rate to a 7% rate. That's just dumb. Uh, But, but if, if you can do a recast with your current mortgage provider, you can pay a lump sum and you can lower your mortgage payments for years to come. It basically, it, it, it re-amortizes the loan, which can be a pretty cool option if that is what you're after, if that's what uh, works for your situation. 
That's right. Yeah. So when you pay a lump sum to your mortgage provider without recasting, you will lessen the overall life of the loan because you're paying down that principal balance, which means you will run out of balance to pay down, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but you're not going to reduce how much you owe every single month. Uh, you're going to pay off the mortgage sooner, but your payments will stay the same. But when you do opt to do a recast, you, you can actually lower that monthly amount, that mortgage amount, while keeping those other terms in place. You're able to keep the number of years you have left. You're able to keep your mortgage rate locked in place. Hopefully, uh, that rate is lower than, than where things uh, currently are, and you, you would want to hang on to it. Uh, and if there is a fee, if it does cost you some money, it is going to be so much less than what you'd pay for. Uh, maybe a couple hundred bucks, but the range I saw out there, it's sometimes free up to at most maybe 500 bucks, which is uh, a fraction of what you're looking to pay when you are looking at a refinance. And again, this is particularly advantageous in Rachel's case, because not only will it lower the monthly mortgage amount, uh, but it'll also eliminate that pesky PMI, that private mortgage insurance saving her uh, a ton of money for years to come. So, you know, for these reasons, it sounds like this is a a great decision. This is a a slam dunk, yes, from us to take advantage of this recast opportunity. Yeah. And and again, Matt, you started off by talking about the fact that Rachel is in money gear number seven, which means the world is her oyster. She is basically at this point of financial independence where she can make moves for a lot of different reasons that make just sense to her, right? That because she's got just ultimate flexibility over her finances at this point. And and this this might not make quite as much sense though for for some folks who haven't made quite this much progress with their finances. Sure. Yeah. For example, if you were like just getting started, you're in money gear number two or three, you're saving up that e fund, you're trying to get that that company match uh, in your 401k, it would probably make sense for you to use that lump sum of money to get a company match to make sure you're fully taking advantage of that perk or to pay off higher interest consumer debt. Like Instead of opting to put a lump sum down on that mortgage, you might instead want to pay down credit card debt that you still owe. Yeah, Um, definitely. Yeah, like that would mathematically, of course, make the most sense, which is why I think it's important that Rachel pointed out the fact that they are on money gear number seven, because when it comes to some of those other things, those are steps that they've already eliminated. Yeah. If she, if they were much earlier along in their in their personal finance progress, we would say, I don't know, you might want to hold off. You might want to achieve some other things first. You yeah. might want to prioritize putting your funds elsewhere yeah. before you recast this mortgage and put a lump sum into it. But we just want you to take into account all those different variables. But for Rachel, definitely take advantage of this recast well, offer. Yeah, I will say, so like we, we kind of talked through some of the math, like the mathematical reasons for her to make sure to have accomplished those other things, right? Like eliminating high interest rate, consumer debt, that kind of thing. But there are like personal reasons to not pay this lump sum towards her mortgage as well. And so, Rachel, this wasn't something you mentioned in your voice memo or anything that you shared with us. But if you had some other goals that y'all wanted to see happen sometime soon, that also might be another reason to potentially consider not doing the recast, right? Mm -hmm. Like you could see this lump sum of money as seed money. Say you wanted to start your own business and it was going to require some upfront capital. That would be a great reason to not necessarily take all of this money and then dump it into your primary residence. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds it's, like it's good to keep those other goals in mind as well. Agreed. Yeah, it sounds like even though after they they do this recast and get rid of PMI, they'll still have maybe some money left over from that home sale, mm-hmm. which I think is the best of both worlds. Because yeah, exactly. you, know, you and I, we don't really like PMI. It's kind of feels like throwing money away every month. Yeah. Uh, and so to be able to get rid of it through this recast is a brilliant move. And so Rachel, it sounds like that's probably the best move for you, unless, like Matt said, you got some killer business idea that you just got to fund right away. So Rachel, we wish you guys the best of luck moving forward. You guys are already already crushing it. Matt, we've got more questions to get to, including uh, a frugal or cheap when it comes to buying a board game. We'll get to that one right after this. (music) 
asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money i'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans we always like to get the families together matt for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer we've already got that trip to saint simon's on the calendar pump for that but sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. All right, we're going to get to that iBonds question here in a, in a minute. But first, let's get to that one from a listener who has a frugal or cheap for us. Hi, Matt and Joel. This is Wayne from Philadelphia. I have a frugal or cheap that I'd like to hear your opinion on. A day ago, I bought a board game from Amazon. 
today when checking the same listing I noticed that it was $9 cheaper. Yes, still sold by Amazon, so not a different seller. The board game hasn't even been shipped yet, so I figured, hey, Amazon probably will give me the $9. It should be a pretty simple interaction. So I contact their support, and I say, hey, guys, $9 cheaper. Could you just give me the difference? Amazon apparently has a policy where they just don't do that. The solution I was provided with was to set up a return and then bring it to a Kohl's or a Whole Foods. Which is very possible, and I guess I'm happy to do that, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Why would you push support to have your customers waste their time and energy to return an item when you're already going to have to ship out the same item to that same customer? And what makes it even more ridiculous is that I've already purchased the second board game and both of them will be delivered tomorrow. So I will have to take one of those to Kohl's and or Whole Foods to get my full refund. So my question, $9, am I being frugal or cheap making such a big deal over that? And then on top of that, am I crazy? Like, wouldn't this just be easier if they just go, oh yeah, $9 cheaper, it's yours. Cause we know you're just gonna cancel the item and return it anyways, you have it. Are they relying on people being lazy? Or are they just so big that they don't see the inefficiencies of their own company? Yes, that's right. I'm criticizing Amazon. Come at me, Bezos. Let me know what you think, guys, and have a good one. All right, Matt. First off, I think we have to tell Jeff Bezos, this is Wayne here speaking, not <laughs> not us. I don't want to get attacked. That guy's really muscular. We can even... <laughs> He's really strong. <laughs> we can send Bezos uh, Wayne's email as yes. well. Yes, <laughs> and his home address. Wayne, you're on the hook for this, not us. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I just want to say too, Matt, like that, that first off, we're glad to hear that Wayne is buying board games because board games are basically the best hobby in the world for frugal folks that disc golf. I don't know. We like we like to talk about like cool hobbies that don't cost you very much money. Board games is one of those. It's one of those things that's how we roll man you buy it one time and you can play endless amounts of times right and 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 you know you and i we don't really play as much as we used to sadly but we we played every night on our annual beach vacation this past this past summer didn't we it just goes to show that we have lots of other things going on in our day-to-day lives but when we go off and vacate specifically we uh we like the past few years we've been playing acquire it's such a good game and i don't know what's going on but my wife destroys (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which mean, never used to be the case. We could always <laughs> count on her to bring in the rear for us, and, and one Dude, of us... W- we, we played like five nights in a row, sometimes yeah. multiple games per night. Did you win once? I I think I didn't. I think I, <laughs> I think, didn't. I think I only won like once, maybe twice, but the rest of the, the the entire rest of the trip, she just totally mopped the floor with us, dude. Yeah. I, I don't know if she was cheating or what she had going on, but uh, but yeah, that was. <laughs> if you're, and if you're <laughs> Pro, props to Kate for dominating in Acquire. If you're a budding real estate investor, Acquire might be a fun board game to check out because uh, oh my gosh, it's so know. good. Well, it's not just real estate, but it's it talks. I mean, it incorporates shares, and so it has like this investing element. Yeah. it's fantastic. I think that's probably that's why we like it so much because it kind of combines investing and real estate all in one. Although we like other ones too, like Viticulture is a good one about like sure. But I when's mean, the last time you played Viticulture? As, I know. Com- over the past three years the number of times you've you've played acquire versus some of these other it's games a lot more. uh acquire has definitely been at the top of the list even though the version that we have is terrible like the design of the oh. game every time we play it we complain about it so maybe <laughs> we'll actually like buy one of the old school like vintage versions of the game because the game was the, just laid out better then yeah yeah exactly but let's get to Wayne's questions. He's asking if this is a frugal or cheap move and we're going to say that it depends 
because there are obviously a number of factors involved in a, a decision like this. Um, first of all, Wayne, I'm glad that you reached out to customer service because that's a great first step. It'll often work out for you to, to get your money back. Sadly, not in this case, but you know, now you've got to figure out how much your time is worth. We talked about this actually back in episode 99. And you know, if that Whole Foods, uh, if that return site or the Coles, if that's on your way to work, for instance, or if it's just a walk or a bike ride away, then we would say typically, hey, this is totally worth it. That's something that you're already going to do, right? That you can incorporate into your life. Uh, but if we're talking about like a 15 minute drive, it's less likely going to make sense for you. Although, uh, now that, you, that you've already ordered the, the new one, <laughs> now that you have two showing up, you're going to be out more than just nine bucks if you don't make that return. Yeah. Uh, it's a so. different question. Uh, before he ordered yeah. the second one, because <laughs> exactly. It, it, but now that you've ordered the second one, it's like you're going to be out forty something dollars instead of just nine dollars. Yeah. Well, you know, he could hang on to that second copy of it, maybe give it to a friend. That's true. If uh, if he really likes it, but I will say too, I mean, that's something. Well, we've never talked about this, but since we moved out to the Burbs, Joel, y'all definitely took advantage of the free UPS Amazon pickup at your front door, right? Yeah, we've done that before. Back in the sure. day, but they don't do that out here in the Burbs, and so we actually do have to save up our packages if we do have returns and take them back to the U- UPS store. But the good thing is... It's like a four-minute drive, but it's still it's not far. kind of annoying. It, well, and it's directly across from the Costco. Uh, it's like right, <laughs> right there, so that's uh, a visit that we do make fairly often. Right. Well, and the reality is, too, for Wayne and for everyone else out there that, I don't know, prices are changing constantly online, so yeah, it's not yeah. like there's a static price and it changes and there's a sale once a month or anything like this like sometimes dozens or more times in a single 24-hour period a price can fluctuate and so the likelihood that there is a price drop from what you paid an hour ago is just higher than it's ever been before and that makes it more difficult to know whether or not you're getting a great deal uh, because of just how opaque prices have gotten and so we would say uh, camel 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 and honey are great browser plugins to help you see what the price has been over the past 90 days that's just a quick way to see at a glance like okay cool is this is this a good deal or or should i be waiting yeah. you, you can kind of uh, tell at a glance whether or not you're getting a deal and th- that maybe combined with a, a, a search on a site like slick deals can help you buy with confidence knowing that you're not overpaying and it's it's you're not always going to get the lowest price like this is going to happen uh, and it might be annoying but and you know it's always worth just a quick query to customer service but it might not always be worth hopping in your car driving 10 minutes to to save nine bucks it just so much depends on the situation and how convenient it is for you totally yeah and he was saying like is amazon just counting on on people being lazy yeah this i feel like this is an example of amazon like just not being cool uh some credit cards especially capital one credit cards like the uh, quicksilver card we just looked this up it'll give you the price difference if the price drops that quicksilver card specifically gives you a 120 day window which is pretty great that's a a long amount of time yeah. for, for the price to drop and for you to get some money back. That's the easiest way to kind of get that money back in your pocket without exactly. if the retailer's kind of being stubborn. They got your back. Uh, we'll, we'll link to that card in the show notes. Um, and so that's credit cards who offer that price protection. But then some stores will offer protection as well. Costco, for instance, we just mentioned them, but they do that. Uh, they give you a 30-day window. Uh, and so it's really easy to go up to the counter. You get a small refund thanks to that item now being on sale. But the thing is, again, we go to Costco all the stinking time. Uh, uh, would I make a separate trip 
to Kohl's <laughs> to claw $9 back? Well, you know, it, it depends on a number of things. Again, it depends on how much free time I've gotten and what else I'm, I've got going on. Uh, I definitely hate to waste money. It's, you know, it's difficult for frugal folks like us to leave even $9 on the table, but I've also come to the point where I'm not necessarily going to jump through a bunch of hoops, pour a bunch of time into clawing just a few bucks back. Yeah. makes me think about, like anytime I left something on Facebook Marketplace, one of the questions I ask myself is, will I be able to sell this at least for 20 bucks? Because if it's less than that, I'm going to be more likely just to put it out on the curb, do a curb alert, even donate the item. Uh, but if it's more than 20 bucks and I think, oh, you know, there's a chance I might get even 30, 35 for this. Uh, at that point, I'm definitely willing to list the item. Yeah, because it's just not worth all the hassle, the back and forth, your yep. time, people not showing up if it, if you're going to sell something for $8, right? And so, yeah, you, how, <laughs> your, your personal financial threshold for how much hassle you're willing to endure for that money is, I mean, really, it's up to you. It's a personal thing. And yeah, I guess the, the, basically Amazon is counting on you being lazy. Like you said, Wayne, that's that's, exa that's exactly what they're expecting out of you. They're expecting on you not to return that item. And, and whether or not it's lazy, whether or not it's frugal or cheap is probably in the eye of the beholder. Depends on your personal circumstances. And like we said, proximity to the return site. So I would say take your own personal situation into account and then uh, act accordingly. So best of luck making a wise decision. And Matt, I don't know if we have like a list, by the way, of our favorite nerdy board games, but if we don't, we should totally put a list together. We could name a bunch more right now, but uh, nerdy board games, again, still just a fantastic pastime. And I hope Wayne, hope Wayne got a good one. That's right. Yeah, Wayne, I hope you enjoy both of those board games if you happen to take the, uh, <laughs> if you don't end up taking that second board game back, but I'm pretty sure you're going to. He's going to waste way too much money if he doesn't take it, the other one back. Exactly. Now. Well, again, I think he could totally give it as a gift. He's like, I That's enjoyed true. this game so much that I wanted to gift you with it as well. Uh, our next question comes from a listener and he is asking, uh, he's, he's asking about the interest that you're going to lose. Were he to pull his money out of this investment a little too early? Let's hear that question. Hi guys, this is Scott from West Palm Beach. Enjoy the podcast. My question is about I-bonds. My wife and I own three $10,000 I-bonds, all less than five years. I know you've mentioned in the past that if you withdraw all or part of an I-bond before five years is up, that you forfeit one quarter of interest. So my question is, which quarter of interest do you forfeit? Since we have a large variance starting under 3% all the way up until now, we have 9.5%. Do you forfeit the most recent quarter of interest, the earliest quarter of interest, or, unlikely, can we choose our own quarter that we forfeit? Anyways, look forward to your answer. Thanks a lot. Ah, uh, Matt, if only it were that simple and it was a choose your own adventure and you could forfeit the, 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 the quarter in which you got paid the least amount of I interest. I would say that that would not be simple. That would be more complicated. And we know the government can't handle that. No. So, oh, my gosh. We're going to take whatever steps necessary to avoid any more complexity. So just personal story here, trying to pay quarterly taxes <laughs> the other day. Well, it's funny. The website is so beyond broken for, for doing that, especially for... It's not beyond broken. If you, have, idiots you, like if you me. have your pin, which right. is what you lost. I lost my pin. But <laughs> even the state website is just so much better than Actually, the federal site. The yeah, Georgia Tax Center, they yeah. recently up, they must have updated their site but, because it works much more smoothly. Yes, it does. And right, But right as I was trying to pay my quarterly taxes, uh, the 
this like, hey, take a survey now. Let us know what you think about the site. And it looks like something from 1982. And I don't even know if they had websites back then, but it looks like it was from a pre-website era. Yes, like MS-DOS, just a flashing green box. I still didn't have time to take the survey and tell them how much I loathe their website. But let's get to Scott's question. And Matt, let's set the table here for a second first and just talk about I-bonds for a second because it's been a minute. <laughs> we love talking about I-bonds and, yeah. and they remain... We had like, them strong there for a couple couple weeks, yeah. several months ago, but we, it's time to revisit. It's time to let folks know the beauty of the I-bond. Yeah, they're still... stands for inflation, by the way. Infl- yeah, they're, they're inflation index bonds and they are still a stellar deal for anyone who has medium term savings that they want to sock away or a decent rate of return on, but they're not like necessarily going to want to stick it on the market because they could lose their capital, right, in, in a short order. And so uh, if it, it has to be money that you don't need for at least a year and you want it back in your hands, likely within a few years, five years is optimal because that's when you don't forfeit any interest. Uh, but there's just no better storage facility for that money than I-bonds right now. And that is because inflation continues to be just nasty, like we talked about on Friday. Uh, I-bonds are a federally guaranteed way to make sure your money is keeping pace with the actual rate of inflation. And the current rate that I-bonds are paying is 9.62%. Compare that to your uh, trusty savings account. Uh, even if it's one of the better online savings accounts, it's a lot better, right? And and that rate is likely going to reset downward by just a bit on November 1st, although it might not drop by too much. And, and even if rates go down a little bit, they're still top-notch. They're still one of the best places to save money in the current moment. That's right. It's a fantastic place to, to sock away $10,000. Uh, and like Scott said, you got to keep any I-bonds that you purchase for at least a year. You you just can't get that money back <laughs> if, if it's been less than a it's year. It's in like a, a lockbox. It's locked you can't away. Touch. Yeah. Uh, but it's true that if you don't keep uh, each I-bond that you purchase for at least five years, that you're going to be forced to pay a penalty, essentially. You're, you, you have to forfeit one quarter of interest. And so Scott wants to know about which interest rate that he's going to be losing out on if he opts to cash those I-bonds out early. It's a great question. And it's not easy to see, actually, on the, the Treasury Department's website. Again, lar- largely because that website also looks like something uh, like a website that was put together in the 80s. Yeah, oh, it, I'm sensing a theme here, Matt, that for some reason, federal government websites are poorly constructed. Most of them are, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the short answer, Scott, is that you are going to lose the most recent quarter of interest. And so that means it's going to be a little more gut-wrenching, actually, <laughs> to cash in your I-bonds right now, since you'd be forfeiting most likely the highest return that you've been, been able to score. Uh, you've been doing this for a number of years now, and you're thinking, oh no. Not just most likely, unless he's had an I-bond that's well, 50 yeah, years well, old. <laughs> it's like <laughs> literally true. the highest rate of return we've seen in a long, long time. Exactly. And so it, it makes it a little more painful uh, in order to pull that money out. But again, you're, you're talking about a quarter's worth of interest. And if you you have other goals, if you have other things that you want to do with that money, it could make sense for you. Yeah. And, and I, I think I would just want to hold on as long as I could so that I didn't lose any of those higher earning months. That's ideal, right? Unless you legitimately have something like much better to do with that money. If let's say you're wanting to invest in a more long-term way, that might be worth it. But sure. but who wants to really lose out on an interest rate of nearly 10%? Not many folks are like, yeah, no. let me get, let me give that up uh, because it's a good deal. And you know, we're going to keep talking about I-bonds, Matt, on the show as rates change and as the value proposition shifts because a year from now, uh, you might not be giving quite as much of a return if inflation gets tamed quite a bit. But yeah, re- the reality is, Scott, that ditching those I-bonds right now 
unless you've got a much better place for that money or you just absolutely have to have the money you've stuck into I-bonds back in your life immediately. I-bonds are not the path to riches in most circumstances, but uh, they, they have just been a good short-term haven as of late. Investing regularly in the stock market is still going to be your best path to, to building wealth. But the resurgence of I-bonds and the hefty rates we've been able to, to see attached to those has been, has been kind of cool to watch. Definitely. Yeah, it's been encouraging to say the least. All right, we've got a couple other questions we're going to get to right after the break. Uh, they're both going to have to do with homes. Uh, listeners asking about solar panels and another is thinking about becoming a first time landlord. We'll get to those right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money i'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans we always like to get the families together matt for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer we've already got that trip to saint simon's on the calendar pumped for that but sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it. Minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. 
That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, Matt, that, that landlording question we're going to get to in just a second is an interesting one because this landlord doesn't plan to be in that location for very long. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, let's get to a question about using the sun to provide energy for your home. Hi, Matt and Joel. My name's uh, Scott, and uh, my wife and I just bought a home down here in Greenville, South Carolina. And we were approached about uh, adding solar to the roof, and I wanted to just ask your girl's opinion on solar if it's worthwhile um the pitch the guy gave me sounded really nice and uh, sounded like it made sense however i feel like i would just be exchanging a loan payment for what i would pay uh, monthly in electricity i would just be switching those two payments out for the next uh, 25 years um would love to hear your opinion on it uh yeah look forward to it thank you Greenville. That's uh, that's where my in-laws live. It's a little town I like to visit every now and then. I went to college just outside of Greenville you for did. two years, and I will say we both have. It's a phenomenal little town in the south. I, I like it. I would. They, oh man, close to a lot of good outdoorsy stuff. Oh yeah, they've got that going on, and they've got. Is it Eighth State? That's a brewery oh, that yeah. we've had some some fantastic beer from. Before. Greenville really does have. Uh, it punches above its weight class for craft beer. Totally. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but okay, Scott. One of the the first things we wanted to mention uh, is that, like you said, that you were approached. Uh, you said that you got pitched. <laughs> These are phrases that we that kind of like put up the red flags oh, in our yeah. minds. Spidey uh, sense. When we were listening to your question, Do we have uh, a Matt and Joel sense. We. The uh, how to money sense. Uh, the re- the reality is that sales folks they can make anything sound awesome, uh, but you are going to want to do a lot more due diligence before you decide to move forward on an expensive project like this, uh, or before you you opt to work with this company directly. We want you to you know to basically do more research. You're going to want to know how much money will will getting solar on your home cost. Uh, how much w- will it actually save you uh, over time? You know, gaining some of this real data, gaining some hard numbers is what we want to encourage you to do. Uh, And then after that, getting multiple quotes is going to be key to making the smart decision here. It's not just going with the first guy that happens to walk up. I... I'm not going to speculate here, but like I would be surprised. Maybe I am speculating by saying this. I wouldn't be surprised if there are now fi- financing companies and they're basically selling solar on behalf of the different installers sure. because it, like it makes me think about retail, right? And how they're always pushing the credit cards. So often the tail can wag the dog. I don't want to be overly skeptical or, or pessimistic here, but I would definitely be wary of somebody coming door to door talking to you about solar. Yeah, I don't want anyone coming to my doormat <laughs> to tell me. Religion or whatever, you know, like uh, that's just typically... Girl Scout cookies? Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. I won't turn them away. <laughs> but usually when someone comes like to your door... Old curmudgeon over there. <laughs> get off my lawn. Uh, no, I love talking to my neighbors. But usually when someone comes to 
your door to sell you something, it's not the best thing for you, right? Or, yeah. or else you would have pursued it on your own. Exactly. And so let's talk about what that due diligence involves, like where, where Scott should start researching. We really like the site energysage.com. They've got a, a solar calculator that can help you run the numbers. Uh, before you take just like a random salesperson's word for how much money it's gonna save you, you get to type in your address and they take things like your roof configuration. They uh, incorporate shade data. Uh, so the tree coverage basically at your house and then your specific electricity bill. They, they look at all those things, they take it into consideration and then they'll show you what the likely payback period is gonna be, mm-hmm. like how long it's gonna going to take you to pay off that solar system. And one caveat, by the way, <laughs> that they spit out is how much it's going to increase your property value. And it's kind of true. Some of the stats show that homes that have solar, uh, that if you sell that home, that it is going to be worth more than your neighbor's house who doesn't have solar. But y- you take it with a grain of salt because your house isn't going to appreciate like $40,000 overnight because you just stuck the solar system in there. No. But the cool thing is Energy Sage is also going to help you get a few quotes at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of this like one-stop shop place. And, and I would say also like take a look at that website, but also pick the brain of a neighbor or two who might have solar panels on their home. You they might have recommendations or insights that would be helpful. If you know somebody down the street who just had a project like this done, ask them who they went with. Was the final cost the same as the estimate they were given at the beginning? How was it working with this solar installer? I mean, uh, you can learn a lot just from a quick 20, 30 minute conversation with with a neighbor who's done the same thing you're looking to do. Yeah. And in particular, that site is fantastic. I actually entered our new address into there to see kind of what kind of data it, w- it would give me. And I think I've been contacted already by four different uh, uh, solar installers. And so and the quotes have ranged, but that site alone is going to be phenomenal and you being able to get multiple points of data very easily. Mm-hmm. And Scott, you also mentioned getting a loan or you said that you might be paying on a loan for the next like 25 years to get these solar panels. We would want you to be really careful on that front because that can increase the cost by a decent bit. Uh, How much depends on the specific terms of your financing. Uh, It's typically better to finance that with a HELOC instead of directly with the solar install company or whatever financier is working on, on their behalf. But either way, what happens if you move before you are done paying your solar panels off? Right, like if that were to be the case, you might have to make a lump sum payment on those, and so we would rather see you save up and pay for those panels in cash. Uh, that way, all of the savings are going to be going directly to you. Uh, and the main thing that you want to avoid, no matter what, uh, like by far the worst option is if you were to lease a solar system. Leasing almost anything is a bad idea, typically, yeah. but especially when it comes to solar panels. If you're talking about a TV, a couch, or even solar panels. That's right, or a car. Uh, <laughs> that's right. But those are the, the trickiest arrangements. Uh, and by leasing, you're going to miss out on one of the biggest financial perks to installing solar on your home, uh, which is the pretty enormous federal tax credit. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up, Matt, because a lot of people already know this, but the additional perk of installing solar panels is that additional tax break that you're going to receive. The United States federal government, in its kindness, has said if you install solar panels on your house, we will pay for almost a third of that bill. And and because of the recent um, so-called Inflation Reduction Act that was signed into law, the tax credit for installing solar is now going to remain at 30% for the next decade. It was supposed to phase out starting next year, but that's no longer going to be the case. So that was kind of lighting a fire under a lot of people's butts to get solar put on their on their roof. It was dropping down to 26% this year. Next yep. year, it was going to be dropping down to 22, right? 22%. It was going to keep dropping right. down until it was phased out. Well, well, now it's going to stick around at 30 for a while to come. So I don't know, that, that should make this process a lot less hectic. You've got more time because uh, the federal government will continue for the next decade plus 
to pay that much towards your solar install bill. So we would say take the time to shop around uh, and make an informed decision that's best for your overall finances. There's just no need to rush into this. There's no need to do it ASAP or anything like that. Um, and that being said, if, if someone else is, is listening and they already pulled the trigger this year, you are eligible for the full 30% tax credit. Uh, just make sure that your accountant knows or that your tax software, that you plug it in correctly so that you see that tax credit come your way. That's right. You want to make sure you've got that 2022 version of the software, not the 2021 software yeah. <laughs> that doesn't have... I mean, I can't imagine that any software that folks are using is like software that you actually install onto your computer, right. like a via via a disk. I remember that people used to do that, right? Yeah. You go to the store and you yeah. buy a CD-ROM. It's all, <laughs> I don't think people do that anymore. <laughs> it's all over the web, baby. Um, and the other part, too, to keep in mind is I think the reality is that the price of solar panels is going to continue to drop as we see more solar installations taking place. Economies of scale, like they are at play here and they're going to benefit you. And not only that, but just advances in solar technology uh, could dramatically reduce the cost as well. For instance, I was reading that engineers are using a special nanoparticle ink in 3D printers that allows them to make super thin and flexible solar film. Uh, right? Like this crazy thin film rather than like the super thick and stiff solar panels that we're used to. Uh, and so it's basically like fat heads. Uh, you remember those? So you could like stick heads. them on your wall. They were like cutouts of NBA players and football players and stuff no, like that. No, I never had those. Okay. It sounds like that. Maybe it's like a thicker and you can just like stick it directly to your roof. Is that what we're talking Essentially, about? Essentially, like, you can roll them out. Okay. Uh, I picture them like x-ray screens okay. or film or whatever. <laughs> That's how I envisioned it. Um, actually, there's some some research, researchers down in Australia that were using these things to drive their Tesla all the way around the entire continent. Really? They just like put it all around the outside of the vehicle? They would drive all day and then they had like a huge roll of it. And that and oh. once they got to wherever they're going, they would just unroll it and it would just recharge the, uh, the Tesla. Okay, that's cool. Evidently, yeah. But the bottom line, though, is that with the financial incentives, with the widespread adoption as more and more folks install solar... Uh, and with panel innovation, all of these things are going to continue to drive the price down year after year. And so we don't necessarily want you to be in a rush to do this, yeah. uh, especially when that rush means that you're financing it, which means you're paying more than you need to. I know I'm definitely excited about the possibility of solar and what it could mean for us moving forward. But it's, you know, when you're an early adopter, a lot of times you get stuck with the oldest, most inefficient technology. Dude, it makes me think about, remember the giant satellite dishes you would see on people, like at people's oh, houses, yeah. especially when you're driving out in the country. And like, literally, it's a satellite dish that's like 12 feet across or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> They're huge. And how many years later was it before folks had the satellite dishes versions. that were like only a foot across that would go on the corner of your house? Uh-huh. And I'm sure those folks who had the big ones were like, Dang it. <laughs> Wish we wouldn't have been the early adopters out here, yeah. but even though that's, you know, that's how they were able to watch the news and yeah. do whatever. There's going to be a lot of ingenuity in this space, and it is going to drop the cost, like you said, and it's going to make it less of an eyesore in all likelihood, too, when you install solar on your roof or in your yard, and especially if you don't have the money to pay for it yet. And now we know that the federal tax incentive uh, is is going to be robust for years and years to come. Why rush? Yeah, there's just no reason to rush into it. Mm-hmm. But Scott, best of luck in your shopping for yeah. solar panels. It's one of those things too, Matt, that, that buying it can ultimately over time save you money. So um, I think of it- I do like that. Maybe not quite as an investment, but kind of sort of. So it's it's in that sure. vein at least. So Scott, good luck on that one. But Matt, let's get to our, our last question for this episode. This one is about becoming a landlord when you move all the time. Hey guys, this is Hunter from Logan, Utah. So in December, I'll finish up grad school and then I'll start my first full-time job in January. We'll be moving across the country and we're starting to think about buying a house in that new location. 
However, we know that we'll only be living there for a year or two before relocating, and that that's likely the pattern that the first six or eight years of my career will take. Knowing that, we'd want to rent out those houses that we buy in each place after leaving, but I don't know enough about being a landlord to consider all of the difficulties of doing it remotely. What kind of things should I be considering, and what are my best options if we do decide to go down that path? I love your show, and my wife has also recently started listening. We love how discussing episodes can help us talk about our goals and our opinions about personal finance. As a bonus question, we'd love to know what you guys consider your greatest hits, or the best five or six episodes for a new listener, like my wife, to serve as a basic introduction to some of the most important aspects of personal finance. Thanks for taking my questions and for making a great podcast. All right, Hunter, thank you so much for your question. And by the way, I love that you are listening to the show with your wife. Just makes me happy. Like literally kind of makes me smile thinking that like (laughs) you two are kind of sitting there listening to Joel and I talk about you now. Not only are we talking about (laughs) personal finances, but we're talking about you and and your money right now. Can you believe it? I hope they're like smoking a pipe by a fireplace. With like the tweed jacket on. <laughs> Why does like a like a like a fireside chat? Yeah, Is that exactly. What, okay. Yeah, yeah. you're like really throwing it back <laughs> to like the olden radio days. I am. Uh, but Hunter, congrats on being like almost done uh, with grad school. But when it comes to buying a house, we almost never want folks to buy a home if they only plan on living there for just a year or two. Uh, if that were to be the case, renting, it's almost always going to be a better option. Uh, the only exception is if you plan to then keep that home and rent it out like you're thinking. Uh, and even then, though, it's not always going to be a slam dunk. But uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and give you our thoughts, though, on you know how to know whether or not it's going to make sense for you and your wife. That's right. What it comes down to, Matt, really when it comes to real estate investing in general, if you were to say, what's the most important thing? I think there's a couple most important things. It's it's hard to nail it down to just one thing, but buying right is in all likelihood the most important thing to get right. And that's because you know most folks, when they're buying a primary home in particular, they're thinking about through whether or not it fits into their budget, which is obviously an important consideration, but they're also thinking about a, a slew of other things, paint colors, fixtures, curb appeal, but what never really crosses their mind is whether or not it's going to make a good rental. That is not a question most home buyers actually ask. Like, well, if, if I decided to rent this out in a couple of years, would the numbers make sense? But that is going to need to be a linchpin consideration for Hunter. Because, and Hunter, you're going to want to find a property that suits you well for living in, but that also has the ability to cash flow for years mm-hmm. to come. That means doing some market research to find out what the rent amount is likely to be on the place that you're buying and what your mortgage is likely to be too. And as an investor, you're going to be hoping for appreciation as well. That's understandable. But while that home going up in value, uh, it can help build your net worth. Think of it as kind of the cherry on top, not something to, to bank on, but buying right, buying the right house, not a house that's just you can afford and is going to make sense for you to live in for uh, the time being. You want to make sure the numbers on that house make sense from a rental, from a landlord perspective. Yeah. When you're crunching the numbers, you want to make sure that you're looking at all of the different expenses because owning any property, but uh, especially a rental property, it's not going to be cheap because of course you're going to need to set aside money for repairs and you'll inevitably need to have the added expense of hiring a property management company to help you to run that rental when you leave. Like that's something that you you need to factor in. Uh, You know, like you might be able to self-manage from far away, but that's likely going to be difficult, especially if you're planning to do this 
I mean, house after house. Like, I like the idea. I, I like that you're thinking that hey, there's a chance that I might be able to own some investment properties in some very promising neighborhoods and cities all across the country. Yeah. I like the the diversity. I like the potential there, but that also might be quite difficult. Uh, but either way, the the typical property manager is going to take a typically a 10% cut of the monthly rent amount, and they'll also take half, if not all, of the first month's rent for finding a new tenant. Um, and so it's certainly possible in many markets to still find a profitable rental, even with all of these different expenses factored in. Uh, but you want to make sure that you are, are assuming those costs before you pounce. You need to calculate all of those expenses. Because if that property can't make money, even with those costs factored in, uh, it is not going to be worth it. You need to basically go into this with your eyes wide open. Yeah, agreed, Matt. There's a lot of calculations to run, a lot of due diligence that's required on Hunter's part before starting to make offers and finding the house that he wants that he wants to live in for the next couple of years because he has to make make sure it makes sense for the long haul. And I would also suggest that, that Hunter gets creative because he'll likely be able to increase the likelihood that this is a good buy if he purchases a, a multifamily home instead of a single family home. Uh, or if you attempt to buy a home that needs some extra fixing up, maybe, Hunter, that you don't mind doing while you're living there, something that is a little more beat up. It's not as good looking. By doing that, you're, you're going to be able to force some appreciation into the property, improving it in order to increase the value and increase the amount you're going to be able to charge for rent in the future. So if you don't mind living in kind of a constant workspace <laughs> for uh, while you're living in that home, you're more, much more likely to be able to get a much better deal. And the sweat equity you pour into that house is going to help make the numbers work even more in your favor. Exactly. Yeah. The, the more that you can think outside of the box when it comes to real estate, the greater returns you can generate. It makes me think of our friends, Carl and Mindy Jensen. They do what they what they call live and flips, yeah. where they buy a home. It's their primary residence. They do a lot of work on that property, on that house while they're living in it. Um, and because it was their primary, they don't have to pay any capital gains. Once they sell, all of that appreciation flows to them tax-free. Yeah. Um, and so the last part of your question there, Hunter, you're asking about the greatest hits which we don't necessarily have a, <laughs> a greatest hits. But we have 568 episodes uh, of greatest hits, Hunter. I, I, like, honestly, I think for most folks who are like, well, how do I start listening to the show? Just I would say just start listening to it because every episode, I don't think we're necessarily building on previous ep- episodes so that it's required that you have to go back and, and be able to listen to previous episodes. We do refer back to episodes. We'll refer back, but we, we typically explain what it is that we're talking about, hopefully in a way that somebody who's never heard anybody talk about personal finance before can sit down and start listening and learning right off the bat. That's our goal. We won't always do it well, but yep. <laughs> we try. Uh, but thanks to a question from a couple of weeks ago, actually, we, we, we did pick uh, a top 10 list of episodes to listen to if you are newer to the personal finance. Uh, it is up on our website and you can easily access it from the, the start here button. But uh, but yeah, let your wife know that we are appreciative of her listening and uh, we, we wish you guys the best of luck starting your journey into becoming landlords. Uh, you, just, you have to do it. You have to think about it in a way that most other people are not thinking about it. Yeah. It means buying a house that you are not necessarily super proud of. Like, like it's, it may not... You might necess- not be in love with the house. Exactly. It may not have that curb appeal, right? Like you invite your friends over and they're going to be like, oh, Oh, this is where you live. It's cute. <laughs> we love the exposed uh, wood paneling that's been unpainted for yeah, but, 60 years. But then just make sure they give you a solid 30 minutes, at least an hour to where you start sharing with them what your plan is to do with that property and then additional properties down the road. And they're going to be coming to you with all of their financial questions. Right. Building wealth is not always beautiful. It's not always easy. Um, that's so, a quote. And, and especially when you're looking into rental real estate, like it, it's going to take doing some things that are uncomfortable in order to make 
make the numbers work and in order to grow your bottom line. So hopefully you're willing to do that, Hunter. And if so, then I think you can be successful in this endeavor. Uh, Most deaf. All right. Good luck to you guys. Matt, let's get back to the beer we had on this episode. This is called German Chocolate Cake, and it is by uh, Stout by Wicked Weed Brewing. What were your thoughts on this beer? Yeah, I'm glad we actually were able to share this because I re- in the past two weeks, this is the second German Chocolate Cake Stout that I had. I had one of those uh, when, I, when we were down in Orlando. That's right. At a little pub that you and I popped into. But uh, yeah, it's got those big, dark, roasty flavors. I guess all the kind of flavors that you think of when you're thinking of a, a German chocolate cake. Yeah, a little bit of coconut, a lot of chocolate. But kind of, yeah, one of those dessert beers for sure that, that be- are becoming more and more popular. And in particular, as the temperatures are starting to drop, man, like I am totally getting an itch to have some of the some of these bigger wintertime beers. Yeah, it's totally fine and okay to enjoy big dark beers in the middle of the summer. But now that it's like the evenings around here, at least, are they've been a lot cooler. You biked up the mountain yesterday with your son. I, when I rode in this morning, I was just like, oh my gosh, that the crispness that you feel in the air, in particular when you're riding on the, riding on the bike, it is unbeatable. Yep, and it makes me just want to curl up have that that smoking jacket with a tweed (laughs) (laughs) sitting fireside again pipe it's it's that whole vibe all over again but yeah man i'm glad you and i got to enjoy another one of these wicked weed beers today on the podcast but that is going to be it we'll make sure to link to any of the resources anything that we may have mentioned during this episode up on our show notes up on the website at howtomoney.com that's right and by the way our newsletter is only getting better and better if you have not subscribed to the how to money newsletter i feel uh, feel like it's been fire recently and this thing is free by the way (laughs) It's not going to cost you a dime. It's going to give you uh, a a good laugh, some entertainment, and some personal finance insights every Tuesday morning. Just go to howtomoney.com slash newsletter and sign up right there. We appreciate all of you guys being a part of the How to Money community. All right, Matt, that's going to do it for this episode. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.